And welcome to another big episode, the uh, second most popular independent Fremantle Dockers podcast. Joined here today with Ben and Juddy. We actually have no stats to back that up. We're just <laughs> assuming that we're the second most popular because there's only two that we know of. <laughs> we're um, in the top two. We're definitely in the top two. I was thinking if they had awards, um, but out, we might get best up and comers. Yeah, like the NAB rising star. Yeah, look out for in the future. <laughs> of Dockers pod- podcasts. Oh, well, what do Dockers call the, the the youngster medal? There's like a name for it. Oh. Do you remember the one? We'd get that anyway. Everyone knows what it is. Well, we're back here. We have, for, have you got the scores to read out for this week? Yeah, I do, mate. So, unfortunately, uh, we... We failed to crack, well, we cracked 60 points. So it was 9 goals, 660 to 16-14-110. Um, a lot of that damage done in uh, the third quarter and then they ran mm. away with it a bit in the fourth too. Um, basically, to put it very simply, we started like a house on fire. We did. In a good in a good way. Um you know, we started really well. We, I, I was like, here we go. This is going to be mm. a season. We had them locked in. Um, some absolute classic dockers whereby, uh, you know, we were hitting the post. We were, yep. you know, dribbling one through. I think we hit the post twice. One goal four in the first quarter. Dribbled one through, yeah. And we didn't get that goal until they'd scored two or three as well. So just absolutely butchered our chances. I think we had something like 10 plus inside 50s to a couple in the first 10 minutes or so, or maybe it was seven or eight. It was a lot for what for a couple of behinds, and then they scored the first goal. It was, a And I was just like heartbroken. <laughs> terrific start to the game because you rock up big expectations, home game, port, they have a lot on the line, and to nullify them for that long and to you know hold momentum and get into the game was was yep. terrific. I didn't see... I always think that after, like if we if we show up like that, I definitely don't think we're going to lose by 50 points, but unfortunately, that's how it unfolded. Look, as much as I think we've all been involved in different threads of uh, disappointment with the Dockers um, this week, I think if this was last year, we lose that game by 100. Yeah. And if this was last year, we don't lose that game because the like we don't lose that game because of our stupid mistakes. We lose that game because the other team was just way too good. Yeah. Now I think the other team was way too good for us, but in a completely different way than they would have been in the last. A two lot years. of things went. I mean, dream start season for Port. You got Jack Watts. Would he pop up with three? Motlop had those couple of running goals. Like, some very some, exciting. Some guy who who was the guy on their team? I've got the stats here. Who kicked four goals? I'd never heard of him before. Todd Marshall. Yeah, I think he played six games. Mm. He was playing on Johnson, which says a lot about Johnson. But um, I, I was just looking at it, going, "Good lord, um, who is this guy?" But I think it was all down to when they had the ball, they used 
crisp ball movement to find spare targets. When we had the ball, we used hurried, poor decision kicks. And generally, mm. there was even some just clangers, but there were just poor decision kicks. We'd bomb it when we had someone short, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't just the, the usual suspects, which it was, of Sutcliffe and Daniel Pierce mm. and stuff. But Mundy did it, Walters did it, Radhill did it. So it was all of them were just making terrible decisions. And I'm unsure why. Maybe the heat was on. Maybe, you know, I think anyone can, can make their mind up. But um, it was really, we, we shot ourselves in the foot several we did. times. It burns that much harder when we, in that second quarter, I think we kicked the last three goals to, to bring yep. it back at half time, And we are throwing the kitchen sink, the oven, the cupboards, everything at them. Like, we are busting... And you're just watching it and you're like, the boys are, you know, the intensity's up, they're going. And then it's just like, here's a little freebie out the back for you. Like, I'll miss kick this, pick it up. We never get, like, open goal, th- like, just the easiest of goals just to hand it back. You know, like, if you're going to make, if you're going to get scored against, the Dockers will let you do it without without breaking it. You know, it just, it just must, it's just demoralising to watch that. And that's what killed me. That was like, you know, you've just done all this. And they just collapsed, like it just oh, those turnovers. And the killer for me was those marks inside fifties. That stat at the end of the game. Oh, what was it? Seventeen or eighteen to three? Eighteen yeah. to three. <laughs> yeah. Um, ugh, I think. I mean, everyone's probably played a game of footy, and a lot of people would have played in a game where you're getting flogged or something. And there is nothing more demoralising in a game of football than generally it's the team or a bunch of bunch of players working their butt off to end up getting it forward and you get it forward and the chance is squandered and not only is it squandered yep. the other team you, you're having to chase ass so you've just worked your ass off for you know a slight miscalculation of a mark or a goal or a miss or something and suddenly you're the one having to chase after you did all the good work mm. and I, it's just a way to drop heads and I think heads dropped and that's why we sort of went out of it to their credit they didn't get done by a lot it could have been more I think but it also could have been less if if they tidied up some things there so, were patches you know, where they got on top small patches I thought for the you know when you look at the the worm graph of scoring there's periods of there where you know it plateaus out and like heading into the second quarter there and start of the third and especially start of the first but those that quarter long or quarter and a half of really bad football isn't isn't going to get you across the line. No, and and it's just those same things we've been talking about. And look, I think we we talk about we talk about these guys all the time, but really, when you, you look at the stats, um, Daniel Pierce had twelve touches. Uh, Bailey Banfield and Andrew Brayshaw had 12 touches. Now, from what I saw of Banfield and Brayshaw, they were very good early. They then shone again in patches, but faded probably because it was their first AFL game ever and yep. they, stamina-wise, couldn't keep up with it. But that's a normal game for Daniel Pierce. Like, how how is he playing the same and less mm. effective as two first gamers and still getting a game? Ballantyne had six touches Given the, the the service was terrible, and we've commented on that, that so our, our forward movement was horrible. But really, like, surely someone, Ballantyne being there isn't that useful. So I think Ballantyne gets another go. But, you know, Ross has to be real about this. You can't, you can't say things like, you know, we're going to take a while, blah, blah, blah. We've got young players. 
when the guys making the mistakes are the old players like Michael Johnson and Daniel Pearce. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of angry Dockers fans in that boat, and we did talk, touch on it. Who's gonna, you know, who's on the way out? And who's on the way up? And it was definitely on the list. We can probably, we probably should jump into. We were probably meant to start with it. Some more of the positive points, and then maybe, <laughs> maybe now that we're we're wrapping up, we might move to the Essendon game and maybe some ins and outs, and maybe get back to um, yeah, two peers. Yeah, look, so there were some really good things. So we just mentioned Brayshaw and Danfield. I thought Brayshaw yeah. was really tough. They're both tough, actually. Um, probably just need to be polished in their decision making. But great first game in terms of what they they were involved. Um, you know, they weren't scared of the contest. They just need to get used to it at the top level. Yep. But played like players that have played, you know, 10, 15, 20 games probably. Um, and the recruits as well, Matura and Wilson. Matura yeah. was probably one of our best. Wilson was very good also. Very lively. I like the way he looks on the field, the way he gets yeah. around. He is very good. I was really happy. I thought McCarthy looked good. I thought. Yep, McCarthy was very good. Dangerous. I, he had that... Obviously, that brilliant goal, but he had that one where he, he marked in the square, turned quickly, and he just went, you know, took a couple of big steps and just tried pinged it. And I reckon he can be very exciting when he does things like that. He gets those and he gets his tail up, you know, and he gets going. I yeah. thought it was a good game from him. I liked him presenting up the ground, yeah. um, being the link man. And I likened him earlier in the week that if he can get going, he's got a way to go, but if he can get going, he'll be like Adelaide's Tom Lynch. Yep. Leads up, marks, and links back. Doesn't necessarily kick a bag, but he's mobile enough to do that. Mate, how's um, his haircut? Oh, unreal. Yeah. Good Lord. Now, the other guy that got racked it up, so Lockie Neal had 38 touches, and mm. I feel like, you know, he's sort of in the same boat as Tom Mitchell at Hawthorne in that other team sort of lets him get lots of touches. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they wanted to shut down Fife. They wanted to shut down Mundy, Walters, these sort of guys. Definitely shut down Fife with a tag from Ebert. But Neil did get some good, you know, won some good ball and those sort of things. But, you know. If um, it's Neil, Neil, you can knock his 38 touches, but if he's meant to win it at the coalface and get it to the outside, that's all he can do. I mean, it's, it's people knock Tom Mitchell for that. Or like, maybe Neil gets it in... in and maybe Port Adelaide back themselves to win it on the outside. You know, they wanted to pay more attention to those players, Mundy, um, Hill, and Fife. But at the end of the yeah, day, I, look, I mean, Neil, that's all he can do. I feel like, one, you can say all those things tactically about Port that no one can really confirm but them. Yeah. But two, Fife was down for a lot of the game. He only yeah. had 20 touches or so. Mundy was down. He had about 20 touches. But they, you know, they were bad, particularly early. Uh, and Walters was right down. So who else is supposed to win the footy? And Lockie Neal getting it was probably more of a necessity because the other guys were either down in form or being tagged. Um, so I think he did did well in a in a bit of a um, mm. chasm of people trying to win the ball, more or less. Um, Sandy was dominant in the ruck, fifty hitouts, fifty two hitouts, and a couple of marks, um, six marks I think he took or five marks. A couple other guys, Ryan, um, I thought was serviceable. Nathan Wilson was serviceable. Alex Pierce did his job. I think he did quite well on um, Big Boy. What's his name? Oh, Charlie Dixon. So Charlie Dixon only kicked one goal, three. Obviously, that could have been you know four goals straight or whatever. But I think he did well to keep Charlie Dixon to one goal. Yeah, Alex Pierce, and he'll be really he'll be a gun recruit technically this year. Yeah, I look forward to two years. Um, 
Ryan as well that you mentioned. I thought he was he was good. Yeah, so I think look, Port had really tough midfielders. Yeah, got um, around. They took their chances. They tackled hard. We didn't take our chances. Our midfield was down. Uh, and, you know, I don't think we tackled very well. Our tackle count was way down. I think yeah. something like um, where our tackles was 63 to 44. So, you know, they were, you know, 50% more tackles than us, which is which is ludicrous when they had the ball for a lot more time. So I think we need to get a little bit more intent around the contest and tackling and sticking tackles. Um, but, yeah, should we move on to what we think we should do for this week. Yeah, move on to Essendon and the big historical Mr. Matt Judge returning to WA for the occasion, heading over oh, yeah. to, what is it, Optus. Optus, yes, stadium, <laughs> uh, which should be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be a night game. We can, you know, check out the new sports lounge, which you and I are a member of, mm-hmm. have a few full-strength beers. Can do. Um, you know, make a bit of a ruckus, but... I'm really, really looking forward to the event, and I really hope Frio can, you know, get close to a sellout. Or, you know, I think the Eagles had fifty-two or fifty-one thousand there, or yeah, something Sunday like that. Afternoon. That was it. Was a good game to watch as well. I did. I caught most of that, and that was very good. And it was a good game actually, and it looks like it's going to be an absolute spectacle. I think there was something to do with ticketing for those games, like they they held a bunch of tickets for sale until Saturday or something. Yeah. So they just didn't sell. So. Um, more or less, I think they'll try and sell those tickets a lot earlier. And I dare say a lot of people would want to go on Easter Saturday if they're not camping or doing something weird. <laughs> it's um, a that's massive... A whole, that's a whole other story. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll definitely be there. It's going to be a massive game. Essendon, another quality. I mean, both Power and Essendon are looking at big years this year. So it's going to be a huge game. Probably what everyone has been debating amongst various group chats is the big ins and outs. Yeah, well, look, there's a few obvious that I think we probably agree on early, and I think two outs because there's a an easy replacement for them. Yep. Uh, Daniel Pierce gets replaced by Fit Stephen Hill. Should he yep. get get up? Apparently, uh, Daniel. Daniel he's, yeah. he's facing a short uphill battle. Is he? Is that a pun or is it that was a... just on Golden West News? <laughs> Hill faces short. Uphill battle to make Saturday's up, game. Up Stephen Hill battle. Alrighty. Well, hopefully he makes it up the hill. Um, so Daniel Pierce, look, he probably doesn't deserve to be in the side at the no. moment. He'd have to tear up some waffle games. It's a broken to, record going to. through him on this podcast. I yeah, I feel sick of. I feel like they must know. Like the Dockers coaching staff surely watch these games. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. And the other one is, I think Sutcliffe probably didn't do enough in terms of, we noticed a few really soft things when Boak pushed him around and he sort of just looked a little bit lackluster, you know, got pushed around and would just sort of put his arms up to the umpire and then jog off. It's like, I think we're talking to good mate Sam Newbury saying, I'd prefer to see Sutcliffe grab Boak by the throat and give away a free kick than just the very, you know... He's like, how did I get here? He went he just like looks around, yeah. like, what am I doing? Whoa, how did I get here? I'm here again, mate. It's just a bit of a nightmare. But um, so Sutcliffe and Pierce, and then we've got replacements in Stephen Hill and Hamling. Yep, agree um, with that. Hamling played well. Apparently, he was under a bit of an injury cloud last week, and maybe a bit underdone. So that's probably why he didn't get picked. Yep. Like I dare say, it wasn't anything else, but they thought minutes and those sort of things. But he'll come straight in, I'd say. And look. 
you know, there's some other people that probably won't go out, but you could consider um, Michael Johnson probably is, is in his last season, if not, you know, in single digits games to go. Because mm. um, he just looked a little bit behind it. And I think he was playing on Todd Marshall, who kicked four goals, which is saying something. I think his body is just behind him now. I've got a, a roughie for you for a replacement. The out's, the out's optional, and it's very debatable to the way the team structure works. Big Sean Darcy. Primarily um, apprentice role. You know, he gets to run around with Sandy, and I didn't quite like Tabernard did a bit of the rucking, yep. a bit of the cover. I, I would prefer to see him do, you know, like he's, he's going to have to at some point take on, take on the role. But I would also like to see him play, you know, while he's not in the right play-up forward. He just he's very yep. big and bullish. Um, I think if we're going to bomb it in there, and if that if that's going to be which, reoccurring, which we know will happen, regardless I mean, of whether it's game plan or not. I like the idea um, of Sean Darcy being under it. I do like that. He, he had he had seventeen touches in the waffle on the weekend. I think it was a practice game, final practice game against East Perth. Twenty eight yeah. hit outs and kicked a goal. Yeah. Um. So he did pretty well. Hamling had twenty touches. Big, huge dicks, kick six. Dick mm. six, mate. He got 18 touches and six goals. Get around it. Uh, the big eight got 14 touches, 10 marks, and three goals. And then Brennan Cox got 20 touches and seven marks. So there's a lot of... Oh, and Sheridan got 25 touches. Eek. Mm. Um, pressure for But, spots. you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of pressure for spots. And if our Peel side keeps performing like that, which I think a lot of those guys are quite quality... Um, then you know there there should be those that pressure. So look, I'd be happy to see Darcy come in. The other one is probably give him a couple of weeks performing in waffle. But Chera, twenty four touches and a goal. I think he's the class that we're craving. Like if we straight swapped him for Daniel Pierce eventually, then you know even if he only got the fourteen touches that Daniel Pierce got or whatever mm, it was, delivery. at least we know ten of those are going to hit a target. Oh. And, and you imagine how, like, you know, Pierce was probably directly responsible for the turnover for maybe three or four of their goals. Suddenly we're losing by 35 points, <laughs> not 50. Yeah. And, you know, suddenly you're like, wow, like, we look like a different team with four less turnovers. I don't goals. know how many different ways we can evict one player from a team. Like, we've thrown up. How many Pierce replacements have we thrown up in five minutes? Oh, good Lord. And you know what? Like, I feel like at some stage, Pierce could be like, guys, I've been trying to get out of this team for like two years and Ross just will not drop me. Do you reckon he hasn't realised he gets paid regardless? Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. He's like, you know what? I just realised the other day. He's really I don't actually have to now. play AFL to get paid. He's just like, do you guys know this? Yeah. He's like, what? I can just play Waffle. He probably brings Chris it up. Ma- Chris Mayne style. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Poor Chris Mayne. <laughs> Big contract and he hasn't played a game yet. He hasn't got paid. It's like, hang on a minute. Apparently, apparently Chris Mayne is up for recall. This uh, I can. He, I think he got thirty plus touches. I can confirm that Mayne is in the frame. Yeah. Oh, you were just on with these puns. Have you spent the last half an hour just writing down puns? Just quickly flick through AFL.com just to get like a bit of an update and just read all these glorious puns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, main is main is a good one. Um, my, uh, I'm in Super Coach this year with with a bunch of mates from Brisbane, and my team name is the Main Man, spelled M A Y N E. So, um, I, I'm all about the main puns, mate. That's good. Have I told um, you about? Uh, speaking of names, we might as well segue because we'll move on to something else um, after this. But my dad's Gazman's 
tipping name at the golf course? Have I told you what his tipping name was? No. Derbert McSqueezer. <laughs> Where did he get that from? He just really doesn't like Hawthorne. And he, I think he changed oh, is it. it <laughs> yeah, because Dermot Brereton just hates Hawthorne, and there's a few at the golf club, obviously. So he's Dermot McSqueezer, and I think for a while he had an Alistair Clarkson one as well. He just, he, re- I don't know, he just changed it midway through. He was just ripping those guys, he yeah. Right. Called himself McSqueezer. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, so something else I want to talk about before we get on to some famous things like MRP. Mm-hmm. I've got an interesting MRP this week. But did you see, particularly Thursday night footy, um, who was it, Richmond and Carlton, the number of 50-meter penalties? I Very think a cool. lot of them were, were, were against Richmond. They were. These 50-meter penalties, are, like I understand the rule, what they're trying to do is make it easier for a player to then take like you know, take the game on and play yeah. onto the side. Um, but a lot of them were just like, irrelevant like the players just looking forward waiting for a lead and someone runs like eight meters to their left inside the 10 meter protected yeah. zone and it's 50 meter penalty and a goal generally i saw I'm, those I'm one was so cotchen, concerned that that i'm was so concerned yeah i'm so concerned that frio are just going to give away a million of these like we're mm. going to get close in one game and it'll just come down to like some idiot running through the mark and it'll be goal i think they need to have especially in a 50 in the cotchen situation he needs to be told, like, you were in the protected zone there, you do that again, that's 50 and a goal. Like, I'll do it. We, you know what I'd like? I'd like it to be only if it directly impacts the player's decision-making. As in, the player turns to the left and the player's suddenly seven metres there and then he can't go and that's when it's a 50, yeah. rather than just if they're there. I think it does open the, the door for players to be smart and look for someone coming a little bit close and then run that way and yeah. you know, draw a 50. But players have been doing that with that through the mark thing for a very long time. Like They run back really quick so someone runs through the mark. I do oh, agree oh, with oh. The, the initial yeah. one that they were paying where the mark's set and they were encroaching. And I do, yeah. like, it's very, I mean, it's very clear for an AFL player, there's the line, like, that's where I should be. But I'll gain, you know, I'll move at an angle and I'll go this way. There was some very confusing one. I mean, last year they had a. Remember the one where Dustin Martin had that shot on goal, and I forgot who it was, but he came over his line, and they talked about it's all like. And then when people talk about how Buddy swings it and he runs around, it does get. So maybe this year with those ones where people don't run straight and it isn't so clear cut, they're just they're just cutting down on it and like there's your mark. You take a foot over. It's fifty meter. Like you learn to mark, you learn to man your own mark. Like there it is. There. Yeah. Maybe can... it's like soccer, and they have that little, you know, that spray they put, <laughs> like to mark the spot of the free kick. They put the spray on the mark, and then you the can clearly cream. see if they're over. The amount, or like it's like a shaving cream type thing. But you know, there are a number of times where someone takes a mark, moves back two steps, the person runs up to where their new spot is standing. Yeah. And the umpire's like, "Don't go over." And it's like, he's already over. He's yeah. already two steps over. Can you please police this rather than policing the bloody, like, running nine metres to someone's left yeah, and not impacting the decision? So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're just harping on about a silly point. Um, but, yeah, so 50-minute penalty is a bit worried, worrisome. Um, something else I thought was great in the Sydney game. I thought that was a very entertaining game. I was very impressed by the Eagles after we bagged them out. Um, I yeah. Very well. And Sydney... We're dominating the midfield and had a forward kick eight goals and didn't put them away that much, which was interesting. But no. um, 
there was two things in the final quarter which are like seriously one in a million in the AFL these days. The first one was um, someone stepped o- like one of the Sydney players stepped over the goal square yeah, from bring a kick it back, and throw so it they up. brought it back for the ball up, which is like literally I reckon that happens once a game in amateurs, but like in the AFL it never happens. And the other thing was the double goal at the end when someone kicked a goal and Shuey decked him. And then yeah. he got a second shot from the goal score. Yeah. You the old do not one. see that email anymore. Um, which I, I got around that. I love seeing that sort of stuff. It's like umpires overly uh, inputting their influence into a game. But it was Mate, probably there. Love the two for one. Yeah. Game was over at that point for that two for one. That would have been <laughs> yeah. at the critical stage. How good was Buddy Franklin? Yeah, well, he's Mate. just a bit of a worry, isn't he? He's going to kill us. Extended. <laughs> ex- he's chasing his extension. Yeah, well, how many years is he into that nine-year deal? I'd take five a, or so. I was going to say like he's four. thirty-one. I think he's thirty-five when he finishes, or he, thirty-one this year. He's outrageous. I think I said it last year, and we even had a little talk about him, how good he is. I even reckon at times he's underrated. Like the quality that he dishes up for the size he is, his agility and everything like that. He's one of a, you know, like I feel like he's he could go play basketball, NFL even. Yeah, he's definitely the he's LeBron crazy. of AFL. Absolutely. But I don't think you can ever say that Buddy's underrated because <sighs> he can't fart without getting like, oh, accolades mate. from commentators. He blows my mind. I just watch him. Yeah, he, like... He's insane. He deserves all of his things. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, shall we do a little bit of MRP and a bit of punting? Yeah, MRP presenting and then... Did you have anything for MRP or do you want me to just launch into it? Well, I have one that we kind of already touched on. I just kind of MRP Brad Hardy's article where he just kind of bagged the Dockers just ridiculously. Yeah, um, was that the one where he said Tabiner only took one mark and was ineffective or something like that? He talked about, yeah, and he, he made some points, like why didn't Hamley play? And it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe under an injury cloud, maybe under Dunn. So, like, he just kind of, yeah. everything he said was, like, you were really setting yourself yeah. up here to have this all thrown in your face at some point. Like, a lot of overriding statements. He bagged out Lockie Neal's yeah. 38 touches, which I think's like, you can't, you know, he kind of said, oh, they weren't too concerned. That's just, like, you know, he's had a great game, but you don't need to, you don't need to bag yeah, that out. Yeah, I exactly know what you mean. I feel like the article was written in a tone and he was going to make everything negative. Because I actually thought Tabernacle wasn't bad. He, he, he probably, he could have had a cherry on his game if he'd taken, I think, two marks. He'd just dropped two marks in last minute in the first quarter or so. And you're just like, oh, if you had have taken that mark, man, we're having a shot on goal rather than the ball rebounding. Yeah. Um, but I thought he was serviceable. I think he took a bunch of marks, a bunch of contested marks. Um, he was all right. It was like, a week after he was he not. Said the, he was not the problem. <laughs> it was a week after he said the Dockers were in for, you know, their big improve or whatever. So just his, just the week to week flip. It's like, come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said some things where I was like, "Yep, the too many old people, the the turnovers are terrible, blah blah blah." But then he also just made everything negative, which he didn't need to do. Yeah. Um, all right, mate. I've got a rare MRP this week, and it comes from a post-match um, press conference from a coach, and that coach is Ross Lyon. Mm. <laughs> now, Ross Lyon was quite... Oh, he wasn't defensive, but he was just explaining that he wasn't that disappointed with the game. He said Port were good. He said we made heaps of mistakes, blah, 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 blah. 
but like I think a lot of fans were like, you didn't bag them out enough. Um, but then at the end, he said, you don't have to do much wrong to lose by 50 points in the AFL. And just hearing him say that, I was like, look, I know he's probably defending us in terms of he doesn't want to bag the players out to the media. But really, we do. <laughs> we did so much wrong to lose by 50 points. We probably should have lost by 70 points. Mm. And I, I feel like he's downplaying the fact that we did a lot of things deficiently um, or you know insufficiently on our side to lose like that. So we did a lot of wrong things. And it, I, I just got a little bit annoyed by him. And it's, it's not often I get annoyed by Ross because, you know, I defend him a lot. I've been defending him a lot on a, a new Frio chat I'm in called Dedicated Dockers Purple Army or something <laughs> on, um, on Facebook. But look, I don't have much negative to say about it. I think he's been our best coach. He's our longest serving coach. He was Pavlich's... When Pavlich was interviewed by um, Mike Sheehan, Mike um, he said, who is your best coach? And he said, literally it took him a split second. He said, hands down, Ross Lyon, easily yeah. the best coach I've ever had. And for Pavlich to say that, given a lot of people saying, oh, Ross sucks, like Mark Harvey built the team, Ross just took it to the grand final, it would have gone anyway, mm. um, I think is just ludicrous. But yeah, I didn't like that from Ross. But you no. know what? I'll, I'll forgive him. Slip the tongue. I love him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> on that note, that's his first MRP, and I'm going to let him off with a warning. So I, only, I only let a few people off with a warning, and Ross is one of them. Um, let's have a punt, mate. Well, let's recap on the big head-to-head that went down last week. You oh. were, I mean, you're pleading. I'm not sure how you're still trying to defend it, but Richmond well, were never going to get up by 50 points. Let's have a little look at this scoreline. 17 goals, 19, to 15 goals, 5. Like we said, four or five of those Carlton goals were from a 50-meter penalty <laughs> and a ludicrous one at that. Yeah, exactly. Four there were five. a lot of rush behind Richmond, that game. Richmond missed a lot of gettable chances, a lot of them. And I feel like that easily could have been 40 or 50 points and we set the line at 52. So I concede that you were correct on this. However, I dare say I was not far off. Carl were in it for a long time. It took a while for Richmond to get going. That's probably where he got killed. I mean, it was even... I think Carlton were in front of... Carlton were in front of halftime. Well, Carlton... Um, the, yeah, they were. The Carlton bet, if you bet on Carlton for sports bet, they got 24 points up and your ooh. bet would have paid out. And they were paying four or five bucks. So um, that's a pretty cheeky little... Uh, collect if well, you I tipped them anyway as my roughie. So if you're betting with sports bet, which is my sport bet, I, I got you up there with a roughie, so I consider that a win. <laughs> yeah, right, mate. Hand that um, on technicality. And who did I bet on? I think I got on. Oh, mate, who knows at this stage? Maybe Gold Coast, <laughs> maybe Frio. I got on Frio probably, um, but I don't know who else I got on. But I probably lost. Um, so let, let's go to this week, mate. Who have you got your eye on? It's not... We do this a little bit during the season, um, especially following big losses. I feel like we fire this one up. But just looking through the odds, looking at Saturday night, I can't go past $2.39 with three metal dockers. Yeah, mate. Look, I'm going to put some money on them. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. But it does make it a little bit more exciting. I, I should have learnt my lesson. Um, it's my way of getting across the I don't mind line. that. I don't mind that. Um... Merit's under a bit of a cloud. We're going to struggle. Like, they've got some big forwards. If we can get our game going, we can score and we can beat them. We've beaten them a lot in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I don't mind that. Um, so I'm going to go with, we've already said that Port played very well and Sydney weren't as great as they could have been. They needed some really big things to happen to win. I'm going to go Port at $2.90 away versus Sydney. I reckon Port could shock Sydney. Um, and, 100%. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Sydney won that, but I also think $2.90 is overs. And I think people are looking at Buddy kicking that many goals going, oh, Sydney will easily win. Buddy's not going to kick eight again. This, no. Like this week, I don't think. Maybe not this um, week. But he probably will this season. He'll probably kick 100 for the year, though. Yeah, probably. But look, I don't think it's going to be Buddy just kicking bags like that all the time. Um, I think they'll structure up to restrict that and make sure that, um, you know, small ground at the SCG... Um, he won't have that much space like he did. So, I don't know. I reckon Port could get up. So, I'm going to go with them for two ninety. Yep. Port's at $2.35 versus Geelong's not a bad one on Easter Monday too, but uh, I'll stick with Port. It's another... It's, well, it looks like when it's round two, you know, a lot of um, tight matches for the round. It's very hard for tipping and flicking through. And I don't, that's why I don't tip. It's just terribly frustrating. Yeah, definitely. Now, look, let's finish off with what you would like to see this week and what you wouldn't like to see this week. Um, <laughs> we'll leave it with that. What would you like to see this week, Ben? I would really, really enjoy Valentine kicking two to four goals. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think that goes without saying if he does that, we win. And I would love to see a Dockers win at the new stadium live flying over from Brisbane for it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I think in, in terms of specifically, I'd really love to see our sort of, these sort of guys like Fife, Tabernar, um, Ballantyne, like you say, um, the Hills, those sort of guys, Walters, who has had a quiet game, really step up and have sort of a team effort where they all contribute yeah. and, and do a lot of good things. Um, and then, look, I would cop a one or two goal loss if it looks really competitive. I'd obviously love a win, but I'd love to see us look like that team that's made a big step forward. And I think we don't a lot of respect, win or lose, if we can look like that, yeah. like we did in JLT. What don't you want to see this week, mate? Daniel Pierce play. <laughs> oh, yeah, I reckon that's not far off. I don't want to see soft... Or, actually, I'll change it to... Like <laughs> <laughs> I'll change it to no changes, so the team goes unchanged. Oh, yeah, that would be unreal. Um, Specifically, yeah. Pierce. You know what I don't want to see this week? Is squandered chances early in the game when we're busting our gut to try and get in front and we squander chances and we lose our, sh- our crack to be three or four goals up. That's, not, that's what I don't want to see. Yeah. And I we, feel like that happens all too often, not necessarily always in the first quarter, but often in the first quarter. And we just hope that the this match provides some positivity to flow on into the dog talk. You know, we can't be doing this all year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we were relatively positive considering, but um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's that's pretty good. I think if those things happen and don't happen, mate, Win or loss, I think we'll have a good a good game. It should be night. it should be a good night regardless. Um, looking forward to it. I hope heaps of people getting down to it and getting around it. Probably won't be able yep, to join us definitely. in the sports lounge. Um, yeah, we can. I hope Ducky's there. I hope someone gave Ducky a ticket. Yeah, Ducky does have tickets. Um, Forgot to give them a shout out again. Now. Yeah, shout out to Ducky. He gave us a good little little spread. So if you are listening from. Uh, 
Purple Rain. If Purple Rain shared us and you went, oh, what's this other podcast? Um, we do actually like Ducky quite a lot. Very the fact we probably bag him out heaps. Um, and uh, looking forward to having a beer with Ducky and, and possibly even getting on, uh, on the Purple Rain again sometime soon. All right, mate. On that note, shall we leave it up to the boys on Saturday night? We should, and we'll read. Hope the Easter Bunny comes early, mate. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining right. us. See you, mate. Right. See ya. <laughs>